The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? The lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, the lawyer asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three, do you think, was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. In place of the, uh, the regular sermon this morning, we thought that since the pilgrims have recently come back from our pilgrimage, that we would share during the sermon time some of what we experienced on this holy trip. So if you'll uh, forgive me for not preparing a sermon on the Good Samaritan, um, we will hear from some of our pilgrims, correct? <laughs> we haven't rehearsed this, but this is the time when you come forward. Yeah. <laughs> Now, by way of introduction, um, we were there for we were there for about eight days and uh, went to a number of places. And what is going to happen now? Uh, each one of them is going to in- introduce themselves to you, and then and then say just a bit about a high point of the trip for them and why it was a high point. And I trust that we will hear the gospel in these words as well as in the gospel lesson that we heard just a moment ago. Uh, hi. I'm Dan Horvath, and one of the big high points of the trip for me was on the sixth day, we left the west coast of Ireland and went to the Aran Islands. And the first night we stayed at a place called Chief Fitz. It was at the base of this big hill. And on top of the hill in the distance, I could see a 
church or a little building it ruined or just it was just some old relic left there and um me Skylar and Alex went up the hill that night and we basically checked out what was there we saw these big cylindrical base of something we also saw what turned out to be a church of what do you know what I'm saying St. Bilan St. Bilan and like this all these ruins and we didn't know what it really was but then we found out later later on in the trip actually the last day it was this big monastic city that was just sitting there like just on top of the hill across from our uh, hostel and that was just an incredible moment and yeah Hi, I'm Caroline St. Francis and on our first and second days in Ireland we were in Glendalough which where we saw St. Kevin's Monastic City and the upper and lower lakes there uh, we on the first day we were there we just got to explore and look around the um, everything that was there but on the second day we actually a man named Michael gave us a tour and when we went to the upper lakes it was like something I'd never seen before I had no idea what to expect when we before we'd been in Ireland but then once we got there I realized how beautiful it really was on either side of the lake there are mountains that go up because it's in a valley and then when you looked off in the distance there was a river that when the sun shined it gleamed like bright and shining and it was like something I had never seen before and it's gorgeous and that was one of the first places we'd really seen in Ireland and it really hit me and it sort of changed something inside of me because I didn't know that nature could be like so incredible and it was nothing it wasn't like anything in the U.S. it was a lot different and it it was the first place so it really changed something. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kate Adams, and my favorite part of this trip was going to the capital of Ireland. I think on the fourth day, Dublin. Um, it's a lively city filled with people and shops. It was really amazing going to Dublin, and I'll never forget all the really kind people that live in Ireland. Everyone I met in that city was unbelievably kind and seemed so eager to give and help strangers. Spiritually, I saw just a glimpse of kindness and a very positive way to live. And I think it can be really hard to see any positivity in the world. And if you do see a really peaceful place like I did, you are really blown away by the calm nature of everyone there. I'd really like to thank Gaylord, April, and Nick um, for organizing and playing a huge role in making this trip possible. And I'd really like to thank the Trinity community as a whole for being so supportive. Hi, um, I'm Clara, and like Danny said, on the sixth day we traveled to the Aran Islands, and there we rode bikes across the island, which is about eight miles, and we visited all these ancient stone churches and forts, and we also volunteered at a local family-run organic garden, which is on the base of the Fort Don Angus, and um, the next day, the husband of the farmer, whose name was um, Dara, he showed us around the island, and we visited um, all these really ancient forts and these wells, and um, what I thought was most striking about the Aran Islands was how ancient everything is, which is nothing in the U.S. 
is thousands, I mean, no buildings are thousands of years old. So it's, it's so different to go to this place where people have been living and worshiping for just thousands of years. So that was just um, really memorable. My name is Alex Doig, and um, like Clara said, when we were on the Aran Islands, we went to a fort called Dunangus, which was on the very edge, pretty much perched five feet away from this 300-foot drop. Uh, it was just really fun to look over the cliff, um, look 300 feet down into the water. It was kind of scary. Uh, but then later we went to a much taller cliff, actually 700 feet tall, um, called the Cliffs of Moor. And... Um, Every, like the cliffs are, of course, really, really old, much older than humans. But um, I mean, around here we think the old North Bridge is kind of old. But when you go to Ireland, Christianity came to Ireland in the eighth century, and um, like before that, there were people there uh, worshiping in their own way. Um, we went to a museum in Dublin, and we, they have religious artifacts from 2000 BC. So that's so much older than Christianity, it's hard to imagine. Uh, so that just put a whole new perspective on things. Uh, people have been worshiping long before Jesus. And it was just, it was just great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I'll just uh, say a few things that I hope will build on on what the kids just said. Um, they mentioned Michael, a man named Michael. Michael, Father Michael, was a Roman Catholic priest who was our guide on the second day we were at Glendalough. And he gave us three kind of metaphors that helped guide the rest of the trip. And while the kids didn't mention them directly just now, they were part of our conversations um, during dinner at different times and during our, our evening prayer times, which we had every day, prayer and journaling times. The first, uh, that he, first image that he gave us was that, uh, and this was right after walking a labyrinth, which we did, uh, the first thing that we did with him, that life uh, has an outer and an inner portion. Life has an outward physical journey there's a physical landscape that we pass through and there's the inner landscape the inner journey that we go through that we travel while we're making this outward pilgrimage so right then and there he made the connection for us that the the physical travel that we were doing was in fact part of a spiritual journey and he traced that for us throughout the Glendalough area um, the, going the footsteps following the footsteps of St. Kevin who arrived there in the 6th century and established a monastic site there so life is a, an inner journey and an outer journey and the second thing he, he pointed out to us was that when we seek a spiritual awakening we often need to go into the desert and it's in the desert that we experience our place of resurrection and he used as the example at hand Kevin who had been from all accounts kind of a party boy a rich uh, young man and had begun to have a spiritual awakening and began to have some kind of disciples around him but he felt that he needed to get away and he came to this gorgeous valley with two lakes by himself and we saw the little 
literally, literally hole in a granite, or I guess it was a limestone wall, which was his prayer place. Just a little tiny hole. We also saw the, the, the spot where his, um, his house was, we think. A lot of this is legend. But, and also a place that was called Kevin's Bed. All these places, remote, uh, far away from civilization, not a desert in the typical sense we think of sand and, and hot, but removed uh, just with himself and his soul and his desire to connect with the divine. Often, Michael pointed out to us, we need to have a desert place in order to experience our place of resurrection, of new life, whatever that new life may be. And then finally, Michael pointed out to us that each of us has a story. Um, We may think of Ireland as a place of stories, um, and we heard lots of them. But each one of us has our own individual story. But as important as that story is, it's connected to a, a larger story. And Michael began to point at the landscape around us and say, well, that hill over there is 300 million years old. And people first came to this place 6,000 years ago. And this particular sediment was first worshipped at 2,000 years ago. And St. Kevin came here 1,500 years ago and so on. Just reminding us that we are part of a much, much bigger narrative. Part of that narrative also is, is the sacred narrative, the story that we get in Scripture of the purpose behind creation and God's activity throughout history. So he really tried to connect each one of us individually to this larger picture. The sum, I think, for the moment, you know, all of us are going to be processing this for quite a while, but I think all of the kids touched on this in one way or another just now, and it's what I'm going to touch on, and that is the importance of place in the Christian life. Um, The places that we went to had been worshipped at, as Alex said, for thousands of years. Thousands of years. Pre-Christian and then then Christian. And many of the places we went to were ruins. They did not have active congregations in these churches. There were no monks in them anymore. Many of the churches had been founded as abbey churches for monasteries. And yet people in these communities, modern people, continued to go to them. They'd been alienated somewhat from the institutional church, but the places themselves continued to hold tremendous power. And the saints, St. Kevin, St. Kieran, St. Enda, St. Columba, we heard about lots and lots and lots of saints that had been part of the Irish landscape. They continue in a very uh, palpable way to be part of the community that's connected to the place. One of the hallmarks of Celtic spirituality has been the way that it integrates the acknowledgement of creation, of the beauty and wonder and joy of the created order as part of God's gift to us. And in the created order and in the places where we worshipped, where we did, uh, where we walked the rounds, Nobody prays in Ireland, it seems, without walking around something three times or seven times or four times. Using our bodies in those places was a reminder that God gave us bodies. God gave us a beautiful creation to enjoy and to respond to 
as created creatures to the one who has given us the creation. So I think for, um, for me anyway, and that's probably the first takeaway, is, is, is being grounded in a place that has become holy through the prayers and presence of people for centuries, millennia. I want to end um, by thanking you all again for sending us on this amazing journey. You will be hearing more about it as uh, the fall opens. We're going to give an adult forum during the forum time and really let you have it with pictures and narrative and descriptions in a way that I think will be uh, stunning. And you'll hear about it in the window and it will kind of seep out, I think, into the community. But I just want to, to thank you for giving us this gift and uh, the gift of watching these young people come together as a community and the gift of being able to be mentors uh, and companions on this, uh, this Christian journey. So thank you. Amen. Amen.